is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today I welcome Terry Jackie to the show. Terry will talk about evaluating your character to help you find happiness and success in your career. Terry, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. This is going to be a great conversation. I've read your book and it is inspiring. So thank you for being with me. Thank you so much, Caroline. I'm very happy to be here. So the, the title just makes me smile. It's Is This a Lousy Job or Is It Me? <laughs> a Real Life Guide for Achieving Success at Work. So let's let's get started. What inspired you to write this book? Because that's a, that's a catchy title. Oh, thank you. Um, I think the inspiration actually started when I was very young. I started working at my parents' restaurant when I was 11, and I noticed that um, my mom and stepfather behaved quite differently at work than they did at home, and that actually was the beginning of piquing my interest. And then starting working at a campground when I was 12 years old, and I worked with some interesting characters there, and I noticed a difference, a huge difference between myself and another young worker in terms of how we were learning, how we were struggling, what we were struggling with about acclimating to the world of work. And I think all of that just, it piqued my curiosity. I couldn't understand the differences I was seeing between people. I think that's why I pursued a career ultimately in organizational development. And then as I advanced in my career, I could see where some people froze or shrank or got stuck or rebelled, and other people continued to move gracefully, no drama, no fear through the workplace. And I'm thinking, what the heck am I seeing? Why? What is this continued um, difference I'm seeing in the way people are experiencing the workplace? And after a lot of research, 14 years of looking down different alleys, trying to figure out what I was seeing, everything, as you can imagine, Caroline, from um, MBTI and temperament to strengths to birth order to gender to emotional intelligence, spiritual intelligence, I finally realized that the enduring difference is character. And I love that. And I want you to explain that to our audience because I, I think I, this is a compliment. I'm a fellow career development geek, right? I mean, you and I <laughs> live and breathe this stuff and, and it inspires us. And you're right. There's so many other things to measure or look at in, in how it uh, relates to our career satisfaction and our happiness. Character is not often something we talk about. So what is character? Help define that. I define character as one's mental and moral qualities. And what I mean by that is mental qualities would be things like the ability to reason, to make decisions, to focus, to anticipate, to choose your responses, to demonstrate confidence, be resilient, create, adapt. Whereas moral qualities are honesty, integrity, fairness, courage, respect for self and others, fortitude and loyalty. So those are, that's how I've isolated character. It's a combination of our mental and moral qualities. And in my opinion, and in my experience and my observation, character evolves slowly over time. It's not like a mood. Um, it's not like learning a new skill. It, it, it's not situational. It really develops through time, effort, experience, and what I call inculcating different morals of different seasons of your life or different stages, if you will, of your career. So you posit that our success begins with developing our character. Tell me why. 
I think when we can develop our mental and moral qualities to the point that we are making better decisions, that we're able to focus on what matters most to us, that we can be resilient in the time of change, and we know how to also on the moral side respect ourselves, be honest with ourselves and others, and act from a place of integrity, for example, what we will wind up doing is making decisions, uh, demonstrating behaviors and actions that are more in alignment with who we really are, with our character. When we are behaving more in alignment with our character, we will find greater fulfillment. And then when we're able to find greater fulfillment, we will generally be more um, engaged, more passionate, uh, more interested in what we're doing and success generally follows that kind of performance in the workplace. So it goes, character growth leads to greater fulfillment from our work, which leads to greater success at work. I know that you've interviewed so many people around the world Mm -hmm. in the book and certainly throughout the work in your career. And I'm sure you've heard that it's confusing out there. It's frustrating. It's (laughs) overwhelming. And of course, we overlay that with a global pandemic, right? And there's there's a lot more at stake these days. But I think there's no doubt that the common denominator is that the workplace is is constantly changing and it's tumultuous right now. So how, how should we look at our character in relation to the workplace? In relation to the pandemic specifically, I would say that in what I've been talking about with my executive coaching clients more often than not right now are the specifics of be resilient in terms of mental quality of character, uh, to reason, to reason with the realization that there is a new a dynamic that we're dealing with. It's a novel dynamic in terms of how we're having to work and to adapt and to create new pathways for us in terms of how we're going to work and how we're going to choose to engage in our work. And on the moral quality side, right now, courage to stand in the ever-changing dynamics and sometimes the exhausting and, and sometimes the difficult dynamics that the pandemic has introduced, be it interpersonal dynamics that feel um, strained because of the way we're needing to communicate in a decentralized manner right now, or tough business decisions that we're having to make. All of those factors, those particular ones seem to be the ones that I'm working with most often with the executives I'm working with. So what I'm encouraging people in general to do is don't Don't forget that every experience you go through is an opportunity to develop your character. So ideally, you'll read the book, you'll understand or grapple with which stage you think you might be in, and then isolate, okay, so this is the stage I'm in, which character dynamics can I be working on at the stage I'm in and given the pandemic situation that we're in? What do I want to focus on and be intentional about right now? So let's take a deeper dive into the stages for character development. Would you give us this high-level overview? I will. So there are seven stages, and uh, the name of the model is the Bi-Fable model, and essentially the first letter of each of the stages um, makes the acronym Bi-Fable. So the first stage is simply the beginning stage. Now, and I should say, Caroline, these seven stages span the entire life of your career. They're not quick. They're not meant to move through quickly. So the first stage is beginning, the final stage is exit. So it's when you 
enter the workplace, and then when you leave the world of paid work. So the beginning stage is when we first enter, and we're just trying to figure out what the heck is going on. <laughs> we're, we have, I have a boss, coworkers, I don't understand this, um, trying to get used to this new environment that we're in. And it happens at any age. For me, it was 12. Some people don't enter the world of work until they're 24. I mean, it, it's very different for everybody. And that stage, the moral there is to learn to be teachable. What am I supposed to be doing? Who am I listening to? You know, what do I need to communicate about what, when, and where? And then when we finally understand how to learn and how to adapt to the workplace environment, we move into the second stage, which is called yuckiness. And the yuckiness stage is where we recognize that people can be jerks, quite frankly. Um, This is where we realize that oh my goodness, everybody here isn't concerned with my learning and my ability to learn this job. They have their own concerns and they're acting out in different ways. And it's kind of stunning for us usually in the workplace. And and you'll recall in chapter two, I have some um, rather stunning stories about my yuckiness experiences. And then in that stage, what we're learning, the, the moral, if you will, of the yuckiness stage is to be observant and to pay attention. You don't need to engage in it, but just recognize what you're seeing, start to understand some of the dynamics that exist in the workplace. When you've learned how to be observant and pay attention to what's going on around you, rather than trying to put your head in the stand, sand or uh, potentially engaging in yuckiness um, as a way to try to fit in, you will move to the next stage, which is fear. So that third stage, honestly, Caroline, is to me one of the most fascinating, if not the most fascinating stages in this model. This is the stage where we put up self-protection. This is the stage where we're so stunned by some of the yuckiness we've observed that we're trying to figure out how how we're going to navigate this thing called work life. And we put up shields to protect ourselves. And generally, the shields that are most commonly used are disingenuousness and compliance, where we try to go along to get along, um, because we don't want to provoke any of the yuckiness behaviors that we witnessed in the prior stage. So this is where we're learning to be cautious about how we present in the workplace and be thoughtful about the impact we have on others in the workplace. And then if we move through this stage, and some people get stuck in that stage and never move past it, I I need to say, and that's where coaching can be really helpful to bring that to somebody's awareness and help them move to the next stage, which is authenticity. This is where we learn to be real. This is where we drop all those shields and we throw our arms open to the world of work. And we're excited to be there. Many people get to authenticity and they think they've reached the pinnacle of the bifable model and their character development. Um, Unfortunately, it's the middle the model. So there's wonderful growth yet ahead of you. You're not yet done. Um, If you continue moving forward, the next stage is boundaries. And boundaries are necessary because they protect our ability to remain authentic. So when we're authentic, we are wide open and and we're, you know, engaging with people around us in this wonderfully genuine way. However, there are times where you need to learn what is mine and what is not mine. You know, I'm responsible for myself. I'm responsible to others. What does that mean? And how do I set that up to have healthy workplace relationships, to honor my role and other people's roles, et cetera, in the workplace? And so that's where we learn to be responsible for ourselves and let other people be responsible for themselves while we are responsible to them. And once we learn that moral, the next stage is actually the pinnacle of the bifable model, and it is the love stage. And this stage is where we be of service to others. 
we know how to take care of ourselves, we trust others to take care of themselves, or we know how to be responsible to them if we need to offer some assistance. And we're excited to serve in ways that we find meaningful. And then the final stage is exit. And that's when we step away from the world of work. And I tried to delineate that by saying you step away from the paid world of work. That's where you might simply volunteer. I mean, we're still, many of us are choosing to be very active in the exit stage. Um, although I should say, I see many, many people that I work with work diligently to extend the love stage. They stay in paid board positions. Um, they work at you know, an organization, a part-time job in a field that they've always been interested in, but never had a chance to work in. So they find creative ways to extend the love stage before moving to the exit stage. Terry, this is fascinating. And we'll be right back after a quick break to continue the conversation. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. So thank you for helping me understand the different stages. Why is it important to understand what stage we're in, especially when it comes to implementing behaviors or tools? I mean, is, is it clear that we're going to know where we are without maybe the help of a coach or a mentor? No, it's not clear that you'll know where you are right out of the gate for two reasons. Number one, we're human and we tend to think we're farther along than we are. Uh, So I recently had a 27-year-old read the book and called me to tell me how much she loved it and um, went on to say that she was so happy she was in the love stage. And I'm a wonderful young woman, but I'm thinking that would be spectacular to have right. moved through all of these <laughs> stages by age 27 and highly unlikely. Um, but it's, I, I think as humans, we tend to do that normally. We just think we're further along than we are. And then as we go through experiences, we're able to look back in hindsight and go, oh, shoot, I guess I wasn't where I thought I was. So the second reason I think that um, it's difficult to figure out where we are is because people think they're in more than one stage. So it's not uncommon for me. Recently, I talked to um, an individual in her mid-30s, and she said, I think I'm somewhere between yuckiness, fear, and authenticity. And (laughs) that's great. You know, that's a fine assessment. Generally, the advice I give people is whatever the earliest stage you think you might be in, in, in this woman's case, yuckiness, focus on that stage be fully present, fully intentional, consider what lessons are there to learn from that stage and which character elements you want to be focused on and intentionally move yourself out of that stage into the next stage. So I think there's beauty in grappling with which stage you think you're in. I, I'm really reluctant to do a, an assessment because I think the grappling mm-hmm. is part of the personal growth because it keeps yeah. you engaged in the model. And and I imagine it's a very different journey for each person. Absolutely. I I have not seen two the same anywhere. So in reference to your your title, right, is this a lousy job or is it me? I'm sure you hear this a lot from your coaching clients, right? Is it the job or is it just not the right fit or is it me? So how do you begin to, you know, pull apart the details of that coaching 
scenario? That's a fantastic question. My starting point is trying to figure out which stage they're in and working with them to analyze that. Um, And then my next step is, what are all the lessons you think you've gleaned thus far and what other lessons are left to glean in this stage? Let's put our best effort to doing that. Uh, And what I like about the model is it it lets people be present, not just learning from looking backwards, but lets them be fully present in where they are today and so intentional. And then my advice is always, first, glean all the lessons, gain all the growth you can gain from where you are, if you don't feel, and maybe there are external factors or dynamics that don't allow you to continue to grow effectively, and that does happen sometimes, certain environments um, make it difficult for some people to grow. If that's the case, then let's leave well and let's go towards something. Let's not run away from something. So if mm. there's no growth left here for you, and again, to your point earlier, Caroline, a coach can often help you see that better because they're going to be more objective and less emotional about, you know, why you may want to leave and they, they'll, they'll hold you to some development standards. But if there's no growth left, then figure out what is it I would want instead? What am I looking towards? And, and think about how to move towards that rather than just, you know, ejecting yourself from where you are and running away from this lousy job and always leave well, always leave well, yeah. don't burn bridges. Yeah. So what's your advice to people who are listening to this podcast and say, gosh, that's me. I think I'm in stage four or I'm in stage six, right? What's your advice about how they should read this book and and what's the takeaway that you want to leave them with today? My advice on reading the book is to read it slowly. Um, Hopefully Mm -hmm. the story itself is entertaining um, and, and it would be a good read regardless. But my favorite way to use it with clients is read the introduction in chapter one, sit down, you know, map out whatever memories come up or connections occur in your mind or realizations are made, jot those down, really put yourself back in that space and experience that time. Hopefully the story in the book will, um, bring other memories to mind for you that you can, it'll stir memories that maybe have been long forgotten. And then, as you've had it as you've had a chance to digest that then read the next chapter so kind of go chapter by chapter and chart your own story write your story map it out as you're going so that you can digest it and memories can surface and what's been interesting with um, readers that I've been working with is the memories that come back to them at crazy times so we will have worked mm. through say the introduction in chapter one and then we will have to work through chapter two the next month at a coaching session. They will come back with a whole other list of chapter one memories, even after we've moved through chapter two, because now we're talking about their story. And suddenly all these things are coming to mind and it's clicking different character development opportunities that they went through in place. Some they took advantage of and others they missed. So it's really exciting to watch other people bring their own story to life and to map out their own growth from there. Terry, I learned so much from you today. Thank you. What a pleasure to have you on the show. Let me tell our global audience about your book. It's called, Is This a Lousy Job or Is It Me? A Real Life Guide for Achieving Success at Work. And of course, it is available on Amazon in ebook version and hardcover, also Barnes and Noble and Apple Books. And I want to mention your website, www.inspiredtraining.com. 
www.thepowerofpositivity.net. Terry, best wishes for the book and all the great work that you're doing. And again, I learned a lot and I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much, Caroline. It was a pleasure to be here. And if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. And even better, leave us a review because this helps new audience members find us online. And let me know what career-minded issues you would like to hear on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thanks for listening.